Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 307. I'm joined once again by my friend Kyle Klingman up in Cedar Brook, Iowa. Kyle, how's the weather? <laughs> it's been awesome lately, man. We had a stretch last week where we were in the 90s, record highs, but we're kind of back in that spring vibe right now, so I'm enjoying it. Sweet. We're going to hit 100 and break a record every day this week here, so I wish... Are you really? Yeah, yeah, something like 99, 100. You, but you like that, don't you? Uh, you know, 90s. I like 100 better than 50, but uh, 90, <laughs> I probably like better than 100. Okay. Yep, yep. You got your gable hat. You're ready to I do. I, I saw this today. I hadn't seen this in years, and I thought I'm just going to wear it for no other reason than I like our guest today. All right. We'll bring him on. Yeah, Sam Schmitz. He accepted the role of wrestling director and head men's coach at Central Methodist. Probably know him best as three-time national women's championship coach for McKendree. Just left that job and just accepted the role at Central Methodist. Sam, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Fantastic. Man, are, Man, will you join us? Will you be at the World Team Trials in Coralville? I, I will be. I will be. Actually, uh, I'm just up here in Fayette for a few days, and I'll be back at practice tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I, I've kind of been in and out, just trying to balance life and juggling finding a place to live and helping. I, I'm not helping as much as I would like to, but um, I'll be there and just supporting and helping however I can. When did wrestling get inserted into your life, Sam? I was six years old. I was six years old back in uh, my hometown in Newburgh, Oregon. Um, I was a pretty rambunctious kid. I think my mom probably put me in wrestling because I maybe punched a kid in the stomach or something in preschool. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I got inserted at an early age in a pretty amazing wrestling community and kind of stuck with me ever since. I tried to quit a few times since then, but uh, still, still trucking, still at it. Was it an immediate like? No, not at all. Not at all. It was, uh, I think every wrestler, probably both of you and everybody else can say it was a love-hate relationship from the very beginning. Um, you know, you love the, you love to win. You don't necessarily love all the work and the missing Christmas dinners and that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it was, uh, it was necessary for my development for sure. What kept you with it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, my, uh, I tried out for the basketball team my freshman year in high school. And my, uh, my high school wrestling coach, Neil Russo, uh, he was, his brother-in-law was the basketball coach. So he made a deal with me that uh, he would, um, if, I, if I got cut from the basketball team, that I had to come out for wrestling. This is my freshman year. And I had that meeting with him, and I shook his hand. I said, of course thinking there's no way I'm getting cut. He walked down the hallway and told his brother-in-law, hey, you need to cut this kid from the basketball team. And the next day, guess what? I was on the wrestling team. So, uh, you know, it's been, a, uh, it's been a journey since then. And um, I wasn't going to wrestle in college. I was going to play football until I realized I wasn't tall enough. And um, next thing I know, I'm at Clackamas Community College and then Lindenwood University where uh, I wrestled there for three years and then, coaching ever since so i'm sticking with it sticking with it when you have those moments where you say you want to quit 
what drives you to want to quit and then what drives you back to want to keep with it? I think anybody's, anybody's drive to quit. It's just the, you know, the fight, the fight is exhausting. You know, I don't, I don't think it, it matters what profession you're in. Um, you know, the getting up every, every day and fighting is, is tough. And, and that made me want to quit, you know, just maybe not getting, you know, not winning a state title, not winning a national title. It's like, man, why do I keep working for something that it seems that I'm never going to reach? And, and then we realize as wrestlers, that's exactly what it's all about is just, you know, going through that battle, going through that fight with never knowing if you're going to accomplish your goal. And even if you don't, I mean, you learned some great lessons along the way. You learned what, what your work ethic is. You learned, you know, what your fighting level is at. If you're willing to get up every day and keep battling. And um, I think that's what makes me want to quit. But, you know, the other side of it is what I'm saying is that makes me not want to quit too. Cause I realize it's, it's turning you into something maybe that, you know, if I was a, you know, a corporate accountant or something, I don't think it, I would have the same level of, of fight inside me. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's everybody's the same thing. You know, everybody wants to quit. I think soon, you know, at one thing, and I think wrestling teaches us to keep, keep pushing through and keep battling. So. You really got oh, set where, up uh, by, and, and what was it? Junior high. You got set up by the coach. You were going for basketball. <laughs> freshman, freshman year. Freshman high year? School, yeah. Freshman year, I actually just sat with him in Virginia Beach, uh, and he 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 reminded me of that story. Um, now he wants congrats. Now he wants to thank you for how far wrestling has taken me. But um, at the time, you know, it was like, really, I'm gonna get cut from a basketball. I've been playing basketball with these guys my whole life. Uh, my my sister and my brother were both basketball players too, so I was really the only serious. My brother wrestled later on in high school, but I was the only serious wrestler. So yeah, he set me up. He set me up. That's great. Majorly. <laughs> you were like, man, this that sucks. But little did you know what lay what yeah. lay ahead. <laughs> exactly. Twenty years later, here we sit. Yeah. So were you aware of the wrestling landscape? Did you know about the Iowas of the world and the Penn States and the Oklahoma States? Yeah, you know, in high school in high school, I'll never forget, you know, we had those you had those binders with a clear front where, you know, I used to cut out clippings from magazines and put them in there. And I had a picture of Tion Ware doing a backflip after he won a national title in front of my binder. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be that one day. Um, and, you know, I was aware of the, we used to watch uh, Dan Gable competitor Supreme uh, before the state tournament every year. It was on VHS. So any of those young kids out there that don't know what a VHS is, that's what a, it's one of those things, those little black rectangles with the, uh, the round things on it, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we used to, you know, so I knew about the wrestling landscape. I didn't know about necessarily, you know, division two, II, division three, NAI. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't too familiar with that, but I, you know, I paid attention to the big time, the Oklahoma's, the Oklahoma state, the Iowa's, that kind of stuff. So. I've heard Lee Kemp talk about this, Jordan Burroughs, numerous others that when they saw someone that looked like them, they could identify with it. Was that what happened with you and Tion Ware in that moment? Yeah, built the same, built the same, you know, it definitely looked like me, you know, built like me and, and, um, you know, watching him wrestle, that's something I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be like, um, he had much more athletic ability than I ever had, but, you know, I dreamed of being that one day. So yeah, it, it, that's, that's true. That's for sure. True. 
you went to Clackamas, but how do you end up at Lindenwood? That seems like such a, a long way from Oregon. How do you end up there? You know, they're the only, I still had another year. I, I took third in the country that year for Clackamas uh, in Josh Roden's first year uh, as the coach. And uh, I took third. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm sitting in my girlfriend's apartment at the time. And I, I get a call from um, uh, one of the coaches from Lindenwood. And, and uh, you know, kind of the rest is history. I said, hey, I'm going to go check it out. And my brother played football in college, and, and he was kind of you know, seven years older than me, so he took me out there and just wanted to be there just so I could make a good decision. And we went out there and, and hung out for a few days in St. Charles, Missouri, and um, I still had another year at Clackamas, but I really wanted to get away from Oregon. I really wanted to get into the Midwest where you know, I knew wrestling was a bigger deal, and I wouldn't trade that decision for the world. Uh, it's just you know, it, it changed my, my wrestling vision. I mean, exactly what you're saying, you know, did I know about the landscape? And I think once I went to Linwood, you know, you start seeing the Mizzou's and the Oklahoma's and all these teams that you had heard about, and you finally get to put your hands on those guys. So it's pretty cool uh, to, to move out to the Midwest and, and see wrestling it from a different angle. Did you know about Mark Bader? Mark went to Missouri. You said Mizzou. I, 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 how old are you? Mark? I'm a little, I'm, I graduated in 2003. I'm a little, from, uh, from from Mizzou. Mizzou, yeah. Oh yeah. So I was I was a little. I got to Lindenwood in 2007. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Just what I, I was just seven. a young. I was a young pup at the time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I actually went to Lindenwood. I got my master's from Lindenwood. Was that a big 2007? Well, damn, maybe. <laughs> you might have been cross paths. We may have been. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Well, I knew. I knew. I recognized you, but I. I don't think we ever. Yeah, I I know I recognize you, but sure. it's just you know Missouri. Being around Missouri, you see people here and there. So yeah, yeah, I was at all you know any college wrestling event within driving distance. <laughs> I was at you know to watch. So yeah, shoot, when I was at Linwood, they used to have the Mizzou Open. I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah, they started they started that well when I was like um, a red shirt, like my third year. Really, they started that yeah, two thousand. 2000 maybe. Yeah, they had a freshman sophomore division and a and a goal or varsity division too. So it was cool. Yeah, yeah. So you said you were an ordinary kid. Were you tough to coach at Lindenwood, Sam? I've been tough to coach my whole life. I've been tough to parent. I've been tough to coach my whole life. Uh, yeah, I, I was tough to coach at Lindenwood, and a lot of it, you know, I I was a quiet guy. I just kind of did my thing, and you know, get up early in the morning and run and and uh, lift weights and come to practice. And I, I really kind of kept to myself for the most part. Uh, I don't know if I was definitely stubborn. You know, you asked me if wrestling from the age of six, I kind of had some habits that I refused to change. Probably would have changed my, uh, if I would have gotten better on bottom, I probably would have won a few more college matches. But, um, you know, I just had some habits I, I refused to work on. So tough to coach, I don't know, tough to, tough to get through my thick skull yeah it was tough to you know to get information into for sure so when you graduate from lindenwood do you know that the next step is you want to continue coaching and wrestling no i didn't i didn't want to coach i didn't want to coach um i, I didn't know what i wanted to do I, I really wanted to move back to oregon i wanted to be around mountains again i wanted to be you know, close to family and, and something I had missed for a few years while I was at Renewood, but I, I didn't think I was going to coach. 
Um, it wasn't until Chad Smith, um, you know, kind of looked at me standing there in the admissions office, and it was just after Joe Parisi had um, he had kind of stepped back from wrestling. He was going to now just take a, you know, his role at, at Linwood, and I didn't want to. But Chad Smith looked at me and said, "Hey, you're staying, and you're coaching." I was like, "Okay," and so I was the GA for a year and um, learned a lot. You know, it was a challenge to try to figure out what I was as a coach and who I was as a coach. And, and, um, yeah, it was, I didn't think I was going to, I really didn't. I'm so interested in this journey of starting a program from scratch at McKendree. You got hired as the, the head women's coach and you were tasked with starting a new women's program with zero recruits. When you go on day one, how do you start to build a program that eventually led to three national championships? I honestly just, you know, I, I would have never been able to do it without James Kiskin, you know, the McKendry, the men's McKendry coach, uh, you know, just keeping me motivated because it's hard. You know, you get told, you get told no a lot. Uh, and where is McKendry? What are you talking about? No, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be a part of the new program that kind of stuff. And, uh, it was a battle, you know, it was a battle to get going. I got given a phone and a computer and said, all right, sign some kids up and, you know, just started making lists of, um, you know, who can, who can come and who can get into school and who hasn't decided where to be yet. Uh, and so it, it was a battle and it was, it was hard. It was hard. Um, and then it just, you know, then it became, then it became just a, a fight of what do you want to see? You know, what do you want your program to be? And what do you, you know, what's the mentality of, of how your kids wrestle and, you know, how they approach school and um, how do you train and, and what are some of the things in your program that you, you think are important and you, you try things and you fail at things and you try to, you know, implement new things after kids are comfortable with something just to keep them on their toes and, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of what made me fall in love with coaching is just, you know, these kids are, 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 it's so fun to just be able to try to help them and see what they can become and then get to send them out into the world. And, and hopefully they just keep that same process when they're a lawyer, or they're a teacher, or they're a doctor, or whatever they're going to do, you know, you just hope that you can be a part of their journey and just help them, you know, stay positive and motivated and, and go out and just be a, you know, be an amazing part of society. So, um, but that journey, man, it's, it's long and it's aged me probably a few years more than, you know, I probably look a little older than I should. Uh, but it, it was a lot of fun and, um, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Did you know anything about the women's wrestling landscape when you took that job? I had, I had coached at Lindenwood university Belleville. Uh, so a sister campus of where I went to school, I coached the women's team there for a year. Uh, we had one All-American, Elena Jimenez, who ended up following me to McKendry. Linwood, Belleville, McKendry are only 20 minutes away from each other. So I, you know, James Kiskin called me and I and asked, hey, you want to be the women's coach at McKendry? Um, it's a full-time job. And I, I wasn't full-time. I was getting paid, I think, $427 a month. You know, the power was getting shut off in my apartment. I couldn't pay my phone bill overdrafting my debit card just to put gas in my car so I can, you know, get back and forth to work and those kind of things. And, um, and so I had been around the women's landscape for a year. We had our national tournament at King university in Bristol. 
And that was the first time I'd ever been to the women's national tournament. I thought it was awesome. There's tons of energy, lots of, you know, good wrestling. And, and that was in 2012 or no, I'm sorry, the 2013 national tournament. And then I got hired a few weeks later at McKendry and have watched, you know, I watched the WCWA grow from what it was that first year at Linwood Belleville all the way to, you know, what it was even in this new division that we're in, you know, it's, it's been an amazing process to watch just the growth of teams and the wrestling and just all of it. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I'm always fascinated with like the first year of what that's like before you get on to, to winning national championships. Take us through that first year and what that felt like to, to build a program during that, uh, that inaugural season. And man, we were just trying to fill a lineup. We, it's, it's funny that right when I got on here, um, one of the girls that wrestled for us at McKendry is um, her fiance is uh, coach Delgado. So she was on the McKendry women's program that first year. And I can remember her bumping up a weight class and, um, you know, trying to figure out how we can just put together a dual meet team just to get a win. Um, I think the first duel we ever had was against, ironically, Lindenwood um, in that first year. And we ended up beating them in the first duel we ever had. Um, you know, we kind of hodgepodge a, a lineup together to figure out how to get every, you know, so we didn't give up a forfeit. And that was the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing, just trying to put a team together so that we could, you know, have dual meets and, and wrestle and, and, uh, and we didn't have an all American that first year. And in, in that time, the WCWA, you could take your entire team to the national tournament. So we had, you know, at least, I think at that time, 14 chances. I think we took 12, maybe 13 or 14 girls to the national tournament at Missouri Baptist. We ended up with zero all Americans. I think we had three girls losing the all American round. Uh, Gabby Wyrick, one of my, who was my assistant at McKendry. She was one of those girls. Um, and yeah, that was the biggest thing, just trying to get on the map, man, just trying to, <laughs> just trying to find some kids that wanted to wrestle hard. And, um, and it was a battle to try to fill a lineup and just try to get an all American. And we struck out that first year. Uh, it was, I remember like it was yesterday, it hurt a lot to not have a kid stand on the podium. And I, I promised myself, I said, we're never going to let that happen again. That's never going to happen again. And uh, the next year, I think we had a few more and, and, you know, had All-Americans every year and it grew from there. Despite not having any All-Americans that first year, like looking back at the season as an entirety and, and maybe not just that last tournament, what did you think? Hey, I like the growth I saw. I did, um, or, or was it, or was it like, man, no, it was just straight up tough. It was, you know, no, wow. it was, no, it was, it was actually pretty awesome. I, there was a ton of growth and, and you kind of got as a coach, you know, and my wife was coaching with me at the time, you know, we, we got to see, we got to see just, Hey, this really works. Like, you know, if we're working on hand fighting or we're working on, you know, stance or we're working on, this setup or that setup, like these things are working and, and these kids are able to implement them in live matches. And so we're on to something here, yeah. you know, we're figuring it out. Um, maybe we didn't, you know, maybe we didn't do Oh Well, we obviously didn't do it right because we didn't have any all Americans, but then we switched to how do we get in their head? How do we figure out, you know, how to keep them positive all season and how to keep them motivated all season and, and how to keep them, you know, excited about going out onto the mat. And, and it, it's a trial and error of just figuring out how we can help these kids, you know, stand on that podium. Cause that's what they want. 
You know, they want to graduate and walk across the stage, but a lot of them want to be an All-American or they want to be a national champion or they want to make a world team. And, and we didn't, you know, we were trying to figure out how to get kids to that level. Um, and, and it was just a constant, hey, we failed at it and we probably shouldn't do this anymore. We should try more of this and, or we need to be in better shape. And so you're right. I mean, that question is awesome because there was so much growth and positivity from you know, maybe the end result wasn't what we wanted, but there was tons of awesome stuff and, and things that we learned. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Was there like, and moving into the, the next years where you had an All-American, then multiple, and then you're having lots of success. Was there ever like an, an aha moment where something clicked or you did something, you tried something and it worked? Or was it really mostly just steady, gradual growth? Kind of like it, there, in the first yeah. year. Or, or combination. I'm still... I'm still waiting for that aha moment of, Hey, I've got it figured out. Cause I, I don't think it's, you know, I think it was just constant. It was just constant every day. It's like, okay, we, we, we got through this yesterday and we're still struggling in this area or, um, you know, we figured out kind of a recruiting pipeline from this place. And, and, you know, these kids seem to enjoy McKendry and like the location and like uh, what we're doing. And, and it's just a constant evaluation of how are we doing? Um, you know, are we doing good? Are we doing bad? And just being honest about it. And, you know, even to this day, we use that. And, and so I don't, man, I, I, I don't think we ever had an aha moment necessarily. I think there's some areas like, Hey, this is, this is good. You know, whether we run a good practice or, um, you know, we travel to a tournament at the right time, like, Hey, that was a good event, you know, in November or January for our kids to kind of gain some confidence or, man, we're, we're really onto it. We're in good shape. And, and that's, you know, I mean, I was just sitting talking to coach Delgado about this. I'm like, when do we start preseason and when do you want to do this? And, and it's, you know, I think we have a, a decent idea of how to do things, but I, I think that always changes. And it's always an evaluation of how kids are feeling and, and, you know, what their mindset is in that time and place of the season. I think every good coach does that. And, um, and, you know, hopefully we still get better at it and we still seek some guidance on it. That's why I'm here is so that, you know, Joe Parisi can help, um, you know, help guide me along the way as well. I hope that answers your question, man. I'm, I get fired up about just wrestling in general and, and the journey it's been. So, uh, if I go off on a tangent, just stop me at any time. No way. No way. This, this show is literally made for tangents. So <laughs> tangent. <laughs> <laughs> did you know did you know sam from the beginning that you wanted to win a championship was that the end game always no no it's it's still not it's still not i, I don't do this for that and i think that's why a lot of people were were surprised when i left um but it's for me it's not about that you know i'm here on this earth to you know to just do the things that the lord has has guided me to do and um, love my family and take care of my kids and take care of my wife and um, winning championships is cool, but it's really not what it's about. I mean, this sport, like you guys heard, I mean, it changed my life and it, it sent me in a direction I never would have gone in. And that's all I want for kids is, it, Hey, if you want to wrestle and you want to get an education and you know, you want to have some fun along the way and work hard and you know, you're going to struggle at, at anything, but you're going to struggle in life after wrestling too. I mean, we all know that as adults when we start having children and, marriage and everything else and so the championships are just a byproduct of trying to live you know trying to trying to just be a human being and 
Um, and it's cool, you know, but those things that, man, they just collect us. Those trophies collect us and they're great memories. But I, I, even at Lindenwood, you know, we won two titles while I was there and, you know, and, and we had a ton of success, but I don't remember, you know, holding the trophy at the end of the year or, or wearing a national championship ring. Like I remember the bus rides, you know, and, and where we stopped to eat and conversations with coaches and, uh, just all of those things. And I, I think that's what we want to create for kids. It's just the memories and, and try to be as positive as we can. Because for me, you know, at the end of the day, my kids don't care. I, I walk through the door. They don't care if I won anything. They just want to see dad. You know, they just want to spend time with me. And I think as a coach, that's kind of what I hope to create. I'm not very good at it yet. And, and I hope I can get better, but that's what I want to create. It's just, Hey, come and sit down in the office and let's chat or what do you need? Or, we're kind of all living this life together and um, and the end goal is, is just to make it, you know, to make it through and, and serve, serve our community and, 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 you know, just God has blessed us with a lot of talents and abilities and, and just give the glory to him and just keep serving and, you know, and try our best and try our best and the winning will take care of itself. I think. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? I always do. It's probably, it's probably being short. It's probably a little bit of little man syndrome. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, um, I do, I do. And and it's, it's more just people don't believe, you know, they, they doubt what you're saying. They doubt what you do and it's the world we live in. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I got here yesterday was my first day and I, I jump on the golf cart with Joe and you're going over to check something out. And he looks at me and he says, man, you you look stressed. And I said, it's just a lot. And he said, he said, stop. He said, stop. You have a beautiful wife. You got beautiful children. You, you got a new job. Just just live, man. Just, just live and try your best and get that chip off your shoulder and, and just keep battling and, and move forward. And, uh, it's, that's the reason why I'm here is because I need people in my life like that to, to say, Hey, stop with all the other stuff and just focus on what the, you know, the objective is. And that's to just build something. Talking about building something, regardless of whether you value championships or not, you're part of history, three national women's championships in a row, the very first three NCAA championships in a row, not officially sanctioned yet, but winning those, setting that history, looking back at that, what does that mean to you? It means it was a lot of work from a lot of people. Uh, it was a lot of work from a lot of kids who built that program. Um, a lot of work from coaches, you know, James Kiskin and Gabby Weirich and, um, you know, Brendan Murphy and uh, Nick Haferkamp and any coach that has ever um, step foot in that room and helped and, and any kid that's ever wrestled there was a lot of work from all of them and so that's really what it is just a culmination of a lot of people's hard work um, and belief in what we were doing and so it, it, it's pretty cool to be able to build that there and, and, and do that um, and it's a testimony to just everybody's hard work and, and focus for it's hard you know wrestling season's hard period but to build to build a wrestling program is tough and, and to to keep winning is is tough too and uh you know and our, and our kids are you know they're resilient and they battled through a lot of adversity and and it was it was a lot of fun 
you're an assistant men's coach at McKendry as, lo- as well as the head women's coach. How do you go from one practice to the next, freestyle to folk style, different uh, genders? How do you make that transition? I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it, it was I'm still learning. You know, I'm still learning how to do it better. Um, you know, for me, for me, being being the women's coach, I carried a lot of the burden of, OK, we're competing here. I'm recruiting. I'm doing all of that stuff. And with the men's team, I very much got to be um, a workout partner and guide. And and, you know, I, I did run practice a few times, too, and, you know, got to show stuff and everything else. But I, I very much was. Um, you know, I got to work out and I got to, you know, teach them how to teach guys how to drill and show them things and, you know, give them a different feel. Some of our elite level kids, maybe they didn't have, you know, a, the best partner in the room. And, and so I had to sacrifice my old body to, to do that, to make sure they had the right feel before the regional tournament or before the national tournament or before national duels or whenever it was. And so, you know, it wasn't too hard to transition back and forth. I think wrestling is wrestling and and the biggest thing is teaching them, you know, positions that are going to win them matches. And, uh, and it wasn't terribly difficult, but it was definitely, I got to have a lot more fun, uh, in the men's wrestling practices. Cause I got to lace my shoes up and kind of scrap and put my mouthpiece in. And, and those guys are coming after me and it, it was a lot of fun. How do you think those girls would describe you as a coach? Passionate um fiery um crazy uh there's always singing going on or loud country music in the wrestling room and um i think you know they laugh at me most of the time or if we're driving i'm I'm singing and being being crazy and uh you know and and i but i think i hope and i don't know this but i hope that they know that uh at, at my core like i just love people um, you know, and like I said before, I, I hope they know that all I want to do is give them an opportunity to chase whatever they wanted to chase, you know, whether it's a college education or a national title or a world team spot or a world medal. And, and I hope that I provided a, um, a good platform for them to be able to do that. You said your kind of first day on the job right now. What does the next couple months look like for you? If you got any pointers, let me know. <laughs> uh, anybody out there, uh, I'll take any advice I can take. You know, I right now I'm just trying to get a schedule together of you know of what we can do. Do we want to host an event? You know, do, when do we want to do duels? Um, I talked to Nick Mitchell for a while the other day and just kind of picked his brain on, hey, what are some tournaments that you know we can get challenged at, but we can also you know what are some tournaments that, at the beginning of the year that we can kind of get ourselves, you know, get our feet wet a little bit. And he had some great insight for me and we're going to go up there and wrestle them. And, um, it's going to be a good baseline for us. So, Hey, this is the, this is where we need to be. Obviously, you know, they've won how many titles now and, um, and we're going to be chasing them, you know, even from year one, we're going to chase them. If we can get a takedown or, or win a match or, you know, win a few matches, whatever we can take from that duel, we're going to take it. And, uh, and we're going to build off of it. And, uh, you know, but right now just building the schedule and, and trying to figure out where we need to go. And, and, you know, we're still signing kids up. We're still trying to figure out who wants to be here. We got a few kids that are, 
you know, that are close to depositing and signing. And, um, and we're excited to, you know, I'm excited to be here in August and get to be with the team fully and, and get rolling. Compare the, compare your situation right now. Uh, first, you know, just getting your feet wet, right? First couple week on the job, couple weeks on the job to that same time in your life, uh, with McKendry and how much maybe you, wiser you are or how similar or different these situations are. I think I think they're pretty they're different just in the in there was already a program here. So I, I'm not only battling, you know, trying to get them to trust me and understand what we're trying to do, um, but I'm kind of trying to push out any negativity that they already had, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. You know, any any you know, they had their program here and it didn't go as well as they wanted. And that's a lot of what I'm battling now is just kids that, you know, they they kind of got a bad taste in their mouth. And so trying to figure out how to get them through that thought process, hey, this is going to be different and, I, and we're going to do things different and um, you're going to be okay. You know, come back and, and let's, let's work. And um, I promise you, you'll be happy with your decision. And, and so that, that's, a li- you know, the biggest difference is there was nothing at McKendry as far as the women's program goes. So it was fresh. Now it's kind of battling the, you know, the shadows of, hey, there was some things here um, you know, whether it's we didn't go to the right tournaments or practices were too hard or I, I don't know, you know, anything that they can, that we can have that we're just kind of fighting through. Um, so that, that's the biggest difference. But other than that, I mean, you know, it's, it's really, we, we get, to, there's nothing on the walls here at the wrestling room. There's nothing too much on the walls here, even in my office. And so it's kind of a, a blank canvas that we get to create, create something. So it hopefully, you know, we're going to work hard at it and coach Delgado and I, and uh, we're going to run at it as fast as we can and see what we can do. Awesome. And I want to go back to something you said there. You reached out to Nick Mitchell of Grandview, 10 of the, the last 11 NAIA championships, and he's offering you advice. I, I don't know if anyone else caught that, but that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing that you're going after him and he's giving you advice. Yeah. I mean, I think that shows the kind of person that he is, you know, he, he doesn't, I, and I'm, I want it. <laughs> I want any, I'm being serious. Anybody out there that can give me some guidance. I mean, that's why I'm here is I, I truly, I truly want think I want to learn. I want to, and that's, this move is so important that I, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to figure out how I can do things better. You know, I don't want to coach wrestling until I'm 50 years old. I want to, you know, eventually be, an administrator or, you know, or doing something outside the wrestling world and giving back in a, in a different way. So um, the fact that Nick Mitchell will take the time and just say, Hey, you know, these are some things you gotta, you gotta look into or do. I mean, it, it says a lot. It's a testament. I mean, it, it just shows, I mean, you don't build a program like that without being that self-serving, you know, serving person, not self-serving, but you know, he, he's a servant to others and, and to his, to his wrestlers and other coaches as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool to, to get to chat with them for a little bit about it. So. I'll tell you, I love the stories of, of rising and Mark actually took me by the original house that, uh, that flow sports was created. And it's fascinating to see where you start yeah. from scratch. And then they were working out of a house. I mean, it was insane. And, Hey, you got a guy here in Mark Vader who does flow films. I think there should be a flow film on the rise of flow sports. Hundred percent, there should be. Hundred percent, you're exactly right. Oh yeah, there's a couple little stories out there that we've done in the past. I'll send them, <laughs> I'd, 
it's <laughs> it's, in, it's it's incredible though i mean any program you know i mean you could go around the country and just hear the stories of you know the fight and the struggles of co- of coaches and athletic directors too you know that are hiring people and figuring out where you know who's going to fit best with their program and i mean all of those things it just it's an amazing journey when you're creating something and yeah those flow guys i'm sure they could tell stories for days of just sleeping in cars and traveling all over and going to different countries and staying in places where you, you know, you didn't know if somebody was going to steal your backpack or anything else, you know, you don't, I mean, it's crazy. All, all the above. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, uh, I just, you thought maybe think of something like I got to Missouri, the same, probably the same situation you're in, right? When Brian Smith got there, I was a freshman yeah. when, when he took over and within the team, there was a, not great attitudes, negativity, whatever you want to call it. And like, you know, most of the kids got ran off or quit. Um, and there was like, I think we had 12 guys on the team at the end, you know, at the very end of the year, we had two backups. So that's, and look, right. He's done a phenomenal job. So not to be unexpected that maybe you're receiving something something similar. Yeah, we're going to try. I've reached out to, I've reached out to coach Smith too. And I, I would love to, I mean, we're not going to be far away. I'll drive down there and pick his brain as well and yeah. see what they have going on. And, um, you know, we're actually, when I jump off this call, my wife and I are driving down to Columbia to uh, meet with Mark Ellis. Uh-huh. Uh, he's FCA wrestling and, and we're just going to have lunch with him and, and, you know, see what kind of connections we can make in this community to, to help grow, you know, our faith and um, help grow, you know, FCA wrestling if we can. So that's it for me. I, I hope Mark will ask the, uh, the wins and whoopings. We haven't done that in a while because uh, Sam's a new guest, but if, uh, if Mark would do the honor of that, that'd yes, be awesome. yes, of course you, you're not going to make him sweat it out, Kyle. I'm going to, but okay. after the okay. wins and whoopings. Okay. Wins and whoopings. Yeah. Okay, um, basically thinking, thinking over the span of your entire career, can you think of one memorable win? And one memorable ass whooping, like like maybe your best win, maybe not, maybe just like a comeback win or beating some kid in little league that used to always beat you or whatever, right? Maybe it's the best <laughs> win you ever had. Maybe it's for some reason you remember this win and it'll always stick out in your memory. Same thing with like just an ass whooping you took that was just like memorable and it was like brutal and everybody's had it. Not everybody likes to talk about it, but I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to bring up two college ones. Um, and, and they're kind of memorable. I mean, they're memorable, but the, the win that sticks out to me is we wrestled Nebraska Omaha and Joe Parisi is going to be so angry that I brought this up. Um, but we wrestled Nebraska Omaha, their final year. It was my senior year. Um, and we had a duel with them on a Friday night and then we were going to wrestle in the open the next day and we won one match. Uh, we were returning three-time national champs and so were they, you know, in NAI and they were in the division two and we won one match. We didn't have some starters and, and we can make that excuse if we want to, but uh, I was the only one to win. I beat Eastside Dominguez. Uh, we had wrestled a few times in college, but I beat him in that duel and it was memorable. Um, but it's also memorable, memorable that my college, my roommate wrestled the same weight as me and he wrestled Eastside next, the next day, first round of the tournament. And he, claims to this day that he got his butt kicked so bad because Isai was still mad about the, the night before when I beat him in the duel. Um, but, and then the biggest, um, man, the national finals, Grandview's first national champ, Matt Burns, 
Uh, he beat me in the junior college national tournament in the quarterfinals, and then he beat me in the NAIA national finals my junior year. Uh, zero, zero first period. My choice, if I remember right, and I chose neutral. Uh, he was tough on top, big leg rider, and I didn't want to go down, choose neutral, and then I got taken down with probably, I don't know, 25 seconds into the second period. And he put me in, you know, I stand up, he has a leg in, reached across and kind of banana splitted me. And I spent a minute and a half on my back. Oh, in um, a banana split? And, and it was perfect. Where oh, I, could see oh, the clock. I could see the clock and I'm just trying not to, you know, I already gave up the back points. And yeah. I'm just trying to get off my back. And so I ended up, I got away from him with like 12 seconds left in the match, I believe, maybe less. And that was the only win that I had from that match is I, I ended up losing nine one um, and just got my butt kicked. Not, you know, not on our feet, but definitely underneath of them. And on that, yeah, that'll live with me for a long time. So wait, wait. Uh, as we chase, as we chase Grandview, they can know that that's what's in my mind. So his name was Matt Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, a, he was amazing. Yeah, he uh, he won two national titles for Iowa Central, and when I was at Clackamas, that's he beat me in the quarterfinals, and then I came back and took took third, and then I left to go to Linwood. I think he won another title, or, or maybe took, I can't remember, but and then he beat me in the national finals uh, his first year at Grandview, I believe, and then he won another title um, the year that I was coaching at Linwood. He 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 got hurt or something my senior year, um, and that was my chance to win it, and I didn't. Um, cause I was being a baby. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he ended up winning it his last year. So yeah, yeah there you go. There's my butt with him. And, and I, I, thanks for bringing up that memory. Yeah. Anytime, man. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> uh, all right. Final thing we play here. It's called sweat it out. What a great way to give you a little heat going into your first job assignment here, going into central Methodist. We have five questions hoping to make you sweat. Are you ready to play? No, but I, I don't think I have a choice. You don't. <laughs> you don't have a choice. All right. Number one, what runner from Coos Bay, Oregon, ran at the 1972 Olympics and died in a car wreck in 1975? Steve Prefontaine. Yep. You got it. Number two, what former MMA star was a junior college national champion for Clackamas Community College in 1991? Oh, uh, Matt Lindland. Yep. Got it. Number three, what current Greco-Roman wrestler grew up in a small village in Alaska, 50 miles above the Arctic Circle? Oh, he stayed at my in-law's house, and I can't, I'm going to forget his name. Oh, man, I feel so bad. Uh, I'm not going to remember. I can't remember. Spencer Woods. Yes. Dang it. Yeah. You, you kinda, I mean it. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I just couldn't remember. It's a hot seat. I'm sweating. I know. Number four, (laughs) who was the first, who was the first girl to ever win a state wrestling championship competing against boys? Uh, Michaela Hutchison. Now known as Michaela Schmidt. (laughs) I better not get that one wrong. Yeah. If you would have gotten that wrong and it was your wife, man, that would have been brutal. Uh, Number five, Name the two rival wrestling clubs in Portland, Oregon. Cobra Wrestling Club and Peninsula Park. You got it. Four or five, and you kind of got the third one, so wasn't that bad. <laughs> Fantastic. Wasn't that bad. Yeah, that was great, man. Um, awesome. Sam, 
Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you being on the show, Sam. All the best at Central Methodist. You've certainly made pioneering efforts in the women's wrestling space. I know you're going to still be involved, but all the best moving forward. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and thank you guys for, for having me on. You know, it's, it's a blessing to get to be out here and chat. And, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to fight. We're going to battle and see how it ends up. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sam. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, hopefully I see you guys.